on the dock with Pastor Troy right here. We're having a good time in the studio today. We're in Studio A. Got the cottonwood table between us, and we're all about conversations to get you off the dock into the deep, out of the shallow, into the deep. Why don't you do that today with us? Hey, I hope you're listening to us. I don't know where you're at right now, but we are on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and Sermonet. I can do that fast. Also, we'd love to hear from you on our social media partners, Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, and Twitter. I do not know how to use Instagram. So send me an Instagram. Donna, Donna is here. She'll let me know. I just want to see one, what it looks like. Give us an Instagram. Tell us how you like it. And when you find our channels and our, our different media sites, please subscribe, hit like, share, notify, comment. Tell everybody about it. Get it out in your media. Make sure you let your friends know. This is an incredible, incredible series we're doing. And uh, we want you always to be thinking about being one of our partners. Make us go a little farther. We'll get a little more resources and we'll be able to do more and more for you. So you can do that by going to Patreon. Download the Patreon app and become go find On the Dock with Pastor Troy and become a Patreon partner or sponsor of ours. You can find it that way. Or you can also find it by going to onthedock.org. Find our Patreon link. It'll get you there. Also, all our links are there to our various platforms. And we also have an embedded viewer available on the page. So check that out. If you have any questions, you can always email us at info at onthedock.org. Donna Kroniski here is our executive producer. She would love to answer your emails, right, Donna? Oh, yes. Donna is looking forward to it. And she, she was watching you on social media, but you got to be nice. Be nice on social media. You know, you can, you can be real. You can, you can give us comments, but no hate stuff. We don't do hate stuff. We, do, we just, just do love, your, love God and love your neighbor. Hey, we're in a discussion on the Christian view on intersectionality intersectionality, Christian view. And today's episode, we're going to specifically look at, at the Christian view. We, we, in, in episode one, we define what the term intersectionality, where it came from, the whole concept of it. Please go back and listen to part one. It was very, very good. Very, very informative. It gives you a good, I think, uh, 360 view of it. I think, I think we had good discussion. It was a very fair discussion, and, and, and it's going to be very profitable for you to go listen to it. Christians need to quit being scared of going and getting their heads around things that are going on. We need to interact. We don't have yeah. to compromise. We just need to engage, you know, engage. And you can engage in a loving way. You don't have to agree with everybody. You don't have to fight everybody to death either. You can actually just just understand. And, and you know, sometimes people won't agree to disagree, but you can agree to disagree, and, right. you know, or you can pray for them. Always do that. On the set today, right to my right, got Mother Beth Benetone in the house. Mother Beth, are you glad to be here? I am. Did you so, cool off? Are you nice and cool? So glad. I'm cool right You're now. You're cool now? Praise God. Got the studio cool. We got a balmy 65 degrees in here. <laughs> off her. <laughs> Ernest had to make sure he had a sweater just in case. You know? <laughs> got in the back there, Donna Kroniski, our executive <laughs> producer there. I'll put her picture up so you can see her. Yeah, reach out to her. She's who talks to you on the internet, on Facebook, <laughs> social media. And uh, I, sometimes I will. And we have our newest ensemble to the table he hit i mean gosh he hit he hit 400 in the last in the last episode he's he's, he's a slugger ernest hale hailing out of chicago <laughs> illinois now resident here he's been a part of our community faith church staff team for what's say seven eight years almost yeah praise yeah, god seven yeah. seven years next month good 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 to have you back with us on the docking we'll have him in a lot of shows because he, he knows how to work that microphone him and i got very good similar taste in music we like a, some good blues oh yeah 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 don't oh, you yeah. How, how you like our version of, of i uh, love sitting that on the isn't that great got a little and myth I, and I had an advantage of uh, actually hearing it before it, it even made it to the podcast really so, yeah oh yeah that, that's right we played day, you can't you, you isn't that you a hot me listen to it Someday we, we gonna... weren't even finished with the studio yet before yeah. i mean it's my favorite part of doing the podcast is those 48 seconds as we line up you need to go back and listen to it over and over again oh, it's great yeah. Yeah. yeah so so let me get us back in this guys thank you for being here i'm glad you're here on the dock we, we opened our last discussion with four simple questions i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask them real quick again is there discrimination yes yes, yes. yes. is there systematic discrimination yes. yes everybody agrees with that is america systematically flawed toward discrimination doing better mm, yeah we've Some, had yeah. we've had Somewhat. more in the past better today we're not 100%, but you can't get a better system to work it out in. Right. There you go. We're, 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 what is it? Home of the Brave? How is it? Land, Land of the Free? Of the free. Home, Home of the Brave. Of the brave. You know? And, and that looked different for some people at different times. Mm-hmm. But we're in a time and age right now where you can be the president. You can be anybody. That's right. You know? Yeah. You know? And, and everybody has their own pack of stuff. But I think we're moving the right direction, and, and we don't want to quit. Are we in agreement there? Right. Absolutely. And we, we agreed last time that isms, whatever ism you want to put in there, categories, however you break people down, it's not a American thing. It's not a Democratic or Republican thing. Uh, you see this in caste and cultures and communist societies and Marxist societies. 
every culture has these. You can go to a culture where everybody all looks the same, and inside that they'll have their own breaking down. I was telling earlier about the, my Liberia friends. What's interesting about Liberia, Liberia is a completely African culture, and they have 12, I think it's actually 15, but 12 major different tribes, and they will kill each other over those tribal boundaries. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and if they were walking down the street, I couldn't tell the difference. Now, they can because they have different marks and different tattoos and different Absolutely. things on them. And Absolutely. they know each other quick. Different dialects. I, yeah. So in some places, it may have nothing to do with the culture of your skin. It may just be that the river you were born by. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we talked about it being a human nature thing. But it actually occurs in the animal mm. realm at times, too, mm-hmm. for different reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I grew up on a farm. If a pig got injured or crippled in some way, the rest of them would target it. I mean, and a lot of yeah. times they would kill it. Yeah. You know, so it's well, a lot it, of times it occurs a, in a lot of different like a mother pig will kill a, a suckling that is not thriving. Right. Just right. roll over on it and kill it because yeah. she knows it's not going to thrive. Right. So Absolutely. Yeah. It's weird. Well, let's look at this definition. So we're all in agreement that so I think everybody needs to listen in there because we're going to have something to say to you if you're in agreement with us on those four questions. So a basic definition, I did not use this definition in the last one. Uh, this is a little more simpler one. A basic says intersectionality is a term used to describe how different forms of discrimination can interact and overlap with each other. In our last episode, Ernest brought in a very good definition and I got a chance to fix a graphic for it before we did this podcast. Um, Wikipedia says, and I think this is good. They've added a nice, you know, Wikipedia says it's intersectionality is an analytical framework. True. For understanding how aspects of a person's social and political identities combine to create different modes of discrimination and privilege. I think that's really good because, you know, you just, you know, you can be on different sides of the coin here. Every bit of this is about, mm-hmm. about this. And so right. something gives you an advantage here and a disadvantage there. So it's all there. So we've added that to our definition matrix as a concept. We think that uh, intersectionality as a concept deals with the cumulative effect, the cumulative social, societal effects of system. These are big words. Cumulative societal effects of systemic uh, discrimination. Good yes. three times. Gosh, I mean, the cumulative <laughs> intersectionality. You, you started it with the uh, yeah. Caveat. Intersectionality uh, as a concept <laughs> deals with the cumulative societal effects of systemic discrimination that's an incredible thesis statement to do for you uh on people who belong to more than one disadvantage group and and, and Ernest, that's where they don't mention the privilege group there a lot of this just goes to the negative side and i think that's a weak spot of several of these things i've written and these are top-notch things i I pulled so i I, I like that and let me give a brief example when i came up with was and i'll use an inner city analogy because you've got these two young boys from the inner city one's a Really, really good ball player. So <laughs> all the negative elements of the neighborhood or society that they grew up in were kind of look out for this guy because he, uh, we, we want you to get out of here. We want you to make it out. But this other kid, now they grew up exactly the same. They not, they're not looking out for him the same way that they would with this kid because he's a really good basketball right. player. So he sort of gets thrown to the wolves. So sometimes, depending on ability or disability, we are kind of advantaged in a sense because even though I grew up in the same neighborhood with this kid, he's got an advantage because he's got the church people, the the drug dealers, everybody's looking out for this kid because he right. may make it to the NBA one day. That's right, he can right. shoot. Right. You know, he's but, got game. Right, but this other kid that can't Doesn't do have, any no of that. No game, no game. Yeah, get away from here. Yeah. You, you ain't nobody. So, yeah. You know, so so yeah, it, it has this. You can have privilege in the midst of oppression amongst oppressed people. There you go. Very oh, yeah. easily. Yeah. There sure. you go. That's a really, really good point. I, I I see that. You see that with with, with parents sometimes when they have multiple kids. Sure. Back in the society, they say they they put all this. They find a kid that's got certain acumen, and you just see the parents highly sacrificing to get one kid. This kid could make it. This kid could get to college. Right. Maybe the other kids sacrifice, but because this kid has some advantage. They're able to make something more of themselves. Yep. Hopefully the idea is that they'll pull their whole family up. That used to be the way. Right. We get so-and-so right. out. We help each other out. Hopefully that's being done. And I think that's a reality of life. I, I don't think you get past that. Somebody got game, they got game. Right. You, you can't take away the fact that the guys in the NBA, they can play. Mm-hmm. They, may not, they may not be good human beings always. They may not be the smartest <laughs> human But they can play that game. Yeah, but and, and to be fair to all the other – you know, areas of life, uh, that, that goes, that says true for I any, think that's any. true for everything, right? <laughs> exactly. You could right. be a doctor and, and still be a We don't really care if, you, if you're if you really, like, like a really whiz in the NBA. We want to know if you can shoot. Exactly. Can you play? Yeah. yeah. Can you rebound? Can you, you rebound? Know. Yeah. One of the things we're going to be doing in this, guys, is we are going to 
uh, take a look at theory, uh, less a little bit more of the theory of the intersectionality and the critical theory. We're going to look at the theory versus theology. So that's going to be a little bit more of our focus in this set here. And, and we're going to look at where the hypothesis differs from God's teaching and plan for us as Christians. As a Christian, the Bible, the Word of God is what should be guiding us. So that's our first thing. doesn't mean we don't need to have some common sense on these other things, but it is our first love. It's our, it's our, it's our foundation stone. It doesn't mean we can't kind of factor in all this other stuff. So that's why I say don't put your head in the sand on all these things. Make sure you do that, but we need to come back to the Word of God because it can get us out of this. So let's, we're gonna, I'm going to do a little bit of teaching here for a minute. We'll try to get interactive as much as we can here in a minute, but I really wanted to get a foundation for everybody listening and with us. In, in John chapter 4, I'm going to have some scriptures up for you. Those of you uh, that are on iTunes or Spotify or Google Podcasts, I will be reading this to you to help you out. But John chapter 4, verses 4 through 10 is a very good, so actually 4 through 19, I think. Here's how I'm going to go. I didn't mark it right, but it should be 4 through 10, 19, actually. Um, it's a story about the woman at the well. This is the Samaritan woman. He, Jesus, had to go through Samaria on the way. They hated the Samaritans. Lots of good reasons. I'll tell you in a minute. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Joseph Jacob's well was there, and Jesus tried. Uh, Jesus was tired from the long walk. See, Jesus got tired. He sat wearily. Jesus was wearily. I like that, too. Jesus sat wearily beside the well about noontime. It says in the old versions, at the sixth hour. That would be noontime. And soon the Samaritan woman... The six hours would have been. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. And he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. It was lunchtime. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with those stinking Samaritans. I added the word stinking. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, If only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. I love that. I love that. Thanks for the background music there. I like that. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Than he and his sons and animals enjoyed. Verse 13, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I will I give them will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. I want the water too. Sounds good. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. And Jesus said, go and get your husband. Oh, man, that's going to be a problem, guys. She says, I don't have a husband. The woman replied, Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. You have had five husbands. Man, wow. And you aren't even married to the man you're with. Wow. That means there's six dudes involved. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. Well, what a story. Now, if you know more about the story, there's a lot more to that text there. There's a little bit more. I just stopped there because it gets the, the key parts. And the woman at the well who in, encounters Jesus, you know, she was a victim based on intersectionality, based on critical theory. She was a victim. She was a victim of just several forms of discrimination. She was a woman. Mm-hmm. Women and men did not mix in the Jewish tradition. Even in the Samaritan tradition, they were like Jews but different. They, they had compromised. They were half-breeds. They had bred into the, 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 all the foreign lands and kind of, kind of were a hybridized Jew. But So the Jews considered them really, I mean, reprobate. They hated them. Mm-hmm. So not only was she a woman, but she was a Samaritan woman. So that was the, the, the Jewish woman was bad enough for a Jewish man. You make a Samaritan woman, that's another rung down the ladder. Okay. So just number one. So she's being discriminated because she's a woman. And rabbis never talk to women. They didn't even sit in the same side of a church. They had separate churches, separate sides of the, of the, of the sanctuary. She was a Samaritan. So there was another one. There was a, there was a, a cultural ethnicity hatred. That uh, they, they, matter of fact, the Jews hated the Samaritans so much that to get to Jerusalem, people would walk a triangle out of the way. It would be like if, if 
Ernest, you and I want to go to Memphis tonight to listen to blues down at, at, at Blue City Cafe, my favorite place. We can get us some ribs and catfish at my favorite. That's my last meal. If they're ever going to kill me or execute me or I have a last meal, Beth knows that I'm getting the catfish and the ribs with the collard greens from Chef Connie Mack from Blue City Cafe. I want that flown in. I need some Dreamland ribs from, 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 from Tuscaloosa with a little bit of that Dreamland pudding. There's a couple other things I need. So they're going to have, I figure I'll live a few more days because they'll have to go so many places to get my food. It'll, it'll buy me some time. But mm-hmm. I but, think at this point, smart. anyone that's ever heard you speak knows. Yeah, I want. They know what I want. Yeah, last, my the last hymn, the hymns and, and the songs. Yeah, So she was a Samaritan. They hated them. And look, it'd be like me and you going to Memphis tonight. I got my mind fixed on the fish and the rib. Forgot where I was at. Yeah, and, and you and I say we we hate people in uh, hate time Missouri so much that we're going to go to Nashville and then to Memphis. Right. So people would go like like and, and Nashville is a triangle. It's about the same distance to Nashville to Memphis and Memphis to Nashville. Right. So it would be people walk that far out of the way to get away from having to go through Samaria. Typically, yeah. Jesus didn't want to do that. He was tired and weary. He'd been busy, okay. so he went through there. So she was Samaritan. He was a Jew. She was a social outcast. She's saying, "Well, why was she a social outcast?" Well, think about it. She's got five husbands and a new one on the hook in a culture where you were till death do you part. You know, right. and you, you just had you, you got the one and, and it was arranged for you anyway. And, and she's on on five and working on six. And you know that she is disadvantaged in this community and discriminated against because it is noon. Mm-hmm. And what is she doing? You may notice what she's doing. Getting water. She's getting water. Nobody gets water at noon. You get water early in the morning, late sure. at night. Mm-hmm. Too hot to carry water in the middle of the day. Way too hot. You go to Africa today, Liberia, right now, right now today, when it starts to get a little wane in the day, about 7 o'clock, you take any well, anywhere that we have our stuff there, and there are spider paths that go out from it, multiple. And you can sit there and watch the girls and the boys start talking to each other from mile, almost a mile apart coming down the hills as they're coming with their empty buckets to get the water and wow. meeting at the well, whether it be at sunrise or daybreak. They're coming to get water. And then you watch them as they talk, as they leave back on the path, hollering at each other. They come every day like that. It's just like they did with the Bible where Rachel and them be at the well and they come roll the stone away. They're still doing that today. Nobody goes to that well at noon. Right. They, they have it locked, matter of fact, at noon because it's replenishing. Mm-hmm. And, and so the fact that she was doing her waterworks at noon was because she didn't want to deal with the people or the chatter or the comments or the looks or everybody else's wives that were mad at her, didn't want her near her man. She was an outcast. Everybody agree? Mm-hmm. The woman was an outcast because because drawing water from the well, even today, you know, in places like that, was really a certain time you did it. And she was doing it when nobody would be present. We, we know that in, in, we know for a fact that the story takes place according to John 4, 6 here. If you see this, Jacob's well was there and Jesus tried from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well around the sixth hour. So noon, six in the morning is the beginning of the day. Then you got six, the six hours at noon, you know. So basically noontime, Jesus is there. So we know she shouldn't have been there. It's not the time you do that. We also know in verse 17 and 18, you're right. You don't have a husband. You got five and you're not even married to the guy you're with now. You, you got some new dude you're, you're hooking up with. So we, we know this woman is uh, working it, you know. And, and so she certainly was a shunned woman in her town. She would have not been on anybody's social circle that was anybody of any, let's say, privilege in that community, right? Would, would everybody agree? Yeah. Yep. And so the the theory here of intersectionality, you know, she would be certainly somebody that would have several intersecting points, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, the theory of intersectionality that we're talking about, I believe, has a, some, I put in my notes some, but I think a lot of validity to help us understand and learn from each other. We, we learn and understand this woman had certain things going, so, some her own fault, some she couldn't control. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what happened to these husbands. We don't know they could have done, you know, maybe she needed to get another one one time or another. But, you know, all we know is that that, that she was in this place. And it helps us understand her and the whole situation. And however, the number of ways we discriminate against each other really isn't the issue. There has always been discrimination. There has always been hate. There has always been separation, even between brothers, you know, in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's because of the sinful nature of humans, the sinful nature of 
us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and however number of ways that we come up with to discriminate against each other really isn't the issue because it's always been there. That's the issue. That's the issue of sinfulness in humans. Yeah. I mean, we just have hearts that are able to love and we have hearts that are able to hate. Wouldn't you agree, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all sin, all sin separates us from God. And all sin has to be atoned for. That's in the grand scheme. That's in your spiritual account. I mean, you know, how you treat people, how you hate on, how you love on, will all, if you don't talk about a moral score, God will keep one that way, you know. And God has a plan. His plan is that we treat each other like we would want ourselves treated, and we treat each other the way we love him, and we got to put the two in balance. If we're not doing that, there's an issue. It's called sin. Mm -hmm. And sin, the Bible tells us, sin separates us. Sin separates us from God, and all sin must be atoned for. And isn't that what our text says? Isn't what Jesus, isn't what in the Bible, what John the Baptist was preaching, isn't what um, the apostles taught and died for? They taught that the very reason God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come and die on the cross and to pay the penalty for our sins and to ultimately give us a path to redemption, he, he came to do it to break down the walls to bring us back into relationship with God mm-hmm. and to bring us back into relationship with one another. He did not like what happened to Cain and Abel. Right. Mm-hmm. He does not want that. That's not God's desire. His God's, God's desire is not that the Samaritans and the Jews hate each other. It's that they would come unto him and worship him and then begin to see each other as brothers, sisters in Christ. So friends, all forms, let's just be clear and on the dock, all forms, all forms, every form of discrimination and they're in exact and, and they're and they're corresponding intersectionalities, whatever intersectionality. All of these are a result of the fall of man right, into right. sin. Yeah. All, all of our, our breakdowns are a result of that. Something you can't like like Ernest said in podcast, you can't change our skin colors here, but we can change how we respond to people because of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. There's some things we can't control about ourselves. Somebody's disabled, they're born without a limb, they've lost a limb. You can't control it. Maybe they're born not able to learn like you are. Maybe you just, they're blind. Maybe they're blind. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got to just realize that that's how God made them or that's the circumstance that they're in. And, and you can say there, but by the grace of God, don't th- 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 go I. Mm-hmm. I could be there. And maybe one day we'll all go there. We all, as we age, we lose our faculties. You just never know. Right. You know, you just never know. So right. all discrimination, and, and, and when we use that, as when it separates us, it separates us, first of all, from each other. It's the same as separating us from God because God wants us to be in harmony with him and in harmony with each other. You can't love God and hate your neighbor. No, You right. can't do both. No. So no doubt, let's agree, I think we agreed in the opening, that discrimination will continue as long as sinful people have free will and as long as they reside on earth. Yes. Absolutely. I don't think we can stop it. I think the Bible's clear, even in Revelation, until the very end, there's going to be us versus them, and there's going to be people that are forced to bow at, at the final time. There'll be people that bow of their own accord. He says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Then he'll separate the saints from the sinners. There'll be people that'll be fighting and kicking, going down the hole. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there'll be some of us will be shouting glory and singing when the saints go marching in as we go up. Mm-hmm. I'm not hating on those people going down. I'm hoping they figure it out. We shouldn't want our brothers to go south when we're going north, our sisters to go south when we're going to go north. We should actually be our brothers and sisters' keeper. Mm-hmm. We should be helping them. We should be an example. And sometimes we can't be the solution. We can be an example because in the end, they have free will choice. You cannot make their mind no you can be a good parent and lead your kids to christ and teach them about christ but you cannot make your children love christ no that's right. true you can be from the best preachers i've seen preachers kids from the preachers of the preachers and their kids are a mess i mean a hot mess i'll second that one you know what i'm saying know a few and i feel for the preachers it's tough on them i i know i've been blessed because i my kids have had their hot mess moments you know but, you know, fortunately, mine have not stayed too hot mess. And, and that's all relative. You know, hot mess may start tomorrow. You know, we've been fortunate. But I, I've got colleagues that have been just, I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. Wow. You know, I feel for them. You know, they have to hold that job and know what people are saying about them and what's their kids' choices. And, you know, and it doesn't mean they did a bad job as parents either. We do have free will. Right. Yeah. We can't get past that. Christians need to acknowledge the problem of discrimination, and we need to work to counter it at every level until all are seen, I believe, as children of God. Does that sound fair? Yes. Mm-hmm. we got to counter it. And but, but, but I think true and lasting change can only happen through life transformation. 
I think that happens us with knowledge and study and wisdom, but really ultimately uh, it's the cross. Let me let me show you something I was thinking. Ro- I, this morning I was praying about this. I put this in. Romans 12, 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and pleasing and perfect. This this is for everybody, and and some of us may come into it with a little bit dis, different disadvantage or advantage, but everybody in the end is a child of God, and everybody in the end will stand before God as his as, as his son or his daughter. And, and we'll be answerable to that. And how we treated the other brothers and sisters we have here. So so I, I want you to think about this. Any movement, I want you to think about this. Any movement that seeks to divide people along racial or, say, gender or class lines or any movement that creates designer victim groups, designer victim groups, or seeks retribution through more autocratic policies, I don't know that those are necessarily truly benefiting society more than they're just creating boxes for people to live in. Mm. I do think we've got a lot of things where we're creating a lot of things. I think intersectionality is a good thing if you understand it and use it properly. And I think it can also create a lot more boxes to put people in. And it can actually create more discrimination yeah. by, by you almost making yourself discriminatory. It puts us in opposition. It can it, sub-opposition groups and I'm better than you and you're better than me and all this right. stuff. Division. Can, it can create more division mm-hmm. than you've ever seen. And right now, the biggest thing I see in the, in the country is, man, we almost don't even think about being American anymore. We're, we're all too busy in our subcategories. Mm-hmm. The problem is the subcategories are real and we need to understand those. Right. And the American category is important, but that's not even really who we are, who I am as a child of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Who everybody at this table is, whether we've accepted that and bowed our knee to him or not, it's a whole different discussion. That's the free will discussion, and you know I think my understanding is that takes greater precedence on me being an American or me being you know whether you're a Republican or Democrat or whether you're fat or tall or skinny or whatever. You're the fact is you're a child of God. You're a sacred worth so yeah. much so that Jesus left heaven, came here to get you. If you were the only sheep, he would have come and found you. He'd have left us. And so you're a, everybody we're talking to, you're of sacred worth. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, somehow we're telling people, you're all, you need to be, you're not victim enough. You need, I mean, I mean, one day you think you're the best victim. And next thing you know, they create a new category and you don't get a check in that box and you're not victim enough. Right. We're yeah. creating, I'm afraid, a culture where everybody values the boxes of exclusion more than they, do, they value the boxes of being the family of God. Mm. Right. So I know I'm preaching a little bit to the choir here, but I hope you're listening here in that. I believe Christians, I, I don't know where you guys are, but I think Christians should be peacemakers in line with Matthew 5, 1 through 11. That's the Beatitudes. We're studying that at Community Faith Church on Wednesday nights. Go back and check that series out. It's going on in um, June and July or so. We started that back in but we're working through Matthew now. But but somewhere in July, we were doing Matthew 5, 1 through 11. And and the Sermon on the Mount talks about blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are those who, who take care of the poor, who take care of the oppressed. If you look at God, our, our Father's going to bless those of us that care about those differences and try to make sure that all people get a chance to find their sacred worth. We want to help all of our people up. We don't want to, that when Cain killed Abel, he killed him over the stuff. They should have been helping each other and encouraging each other, yeah. not tearing each other down. Yeah. And I'm afraid that we're in a mode right now where we're more in a destructive, divisive mode than we are of using intersectionality to recognize our differences and celebrate and appreciate our differences and, and recognize some of us have more privilege than others. That's all, that's all true. But we've gotten to where we use that as a value system versus understanding that's how we can relate better to each other. So I want, I think that's out there. And Christians, I think, should be peacemakers, <clears throat> always working to unite in the truth rather than divide people or stoking feelings of resentment. Uh, all have sinned. We all need Jesus. We, we are all God's children. And I just want to hear some of your comments on some of this as I've been talking about. Just your comments, your analysis. How do you feel about what I'm saying about laying these scriptures out? And I'm not dismissing anybody's categories. I'm just saying, in the end, the most common denominator we have here and the most important is that we're all children of God. That's right. first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will fall in place. Mm-hmm. There'd be a lot less hate if I just realized that that person that looks different than me is my brother or my sister. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um, that's where your false prophets and those people that aren't really true believers come in. They use it. That's good. 
when it's convenient. Mm. Say I'm a child of God and God this and God that just to gain an advantage over something. And if a lot more people followed the true word of it, how how could there be hatred and absolutely and, and stuff? I mean, so basically, I think that a lot of people that claim to be aren't really that. I yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I, I I think I think you know in America, the most segregated hour of the week is church time. Mm-hmm. We're fortunate, community faith church. We have well, we have we have whites and Africans, and and we we're a little bit mm-hmm. more mixed than a lot of churches are. Sure, you know, but we're not completely. But we're better than most. But it's really sad, I, and, and I don't have a problem with there being predominantly black congregations. Predominantly, I don't, that doesn't bother me, as, as long as we all remember we're brothers and sisters in Christ. There's different tastes and likes and cultures, and all those kind of things that happen. So, you know, what I need, what what I hate is when we begin to devalue and and debase and see somebody as less or me as greater. Well, then you're moving out of the Bible and you're moving into yourself. Yeah, that has yeah. nothing. To do. It's got nothing to do with the Lord because last time I checked, we're all siblings. And all of us sinned, and all of us needed Jesus to save us. So ain't nobody saved themselves. You know, and it's not fair to the the person that sees himself as lower, but it's also not fair to the people that you're putting up there on the pedestal like they're better than everybody. That is so true. I mean, that is so true. you know, it's not fair to either person. That's so true. The, the, okay, so th- let me let me run through this here. I think it's going to really help us. Theory versus theology. Where is the hypothesis different from God's teaching and plan? I promised you that. So here we go. There's three core reasons I I see. Three core reasons why the hypothesis or the theory differ from God's teaching and plan for us as followers of Christ, and that are not consistent that that and are not consistent with Christianity. So this is what I'm saying. There's three reasons why the biblical model is better than I think their theory that they're putting out today and why we need to do it. And they're not consistent with Christianity. So let me point those out. Number one, uh, critical theory and intersectionality offer a different view of humanity than Christianity does. It looks more into the sectionality section of it, which I don't think is a problem in and of itself. The solution is they say though, it's the value of those sections that make you more of worth or less of worth. I think we're all children of God. Mm -hmm. So I think the sum of my problem is the sum of our parts is not those buckets, the sum of those parts are we are all children of God. Mm-hmm. What's in each of those buckets is the same, the same. It's very precious. And 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 when you think about Romans twelve, uh, Romans two eleven, the Bible says God does not show favoritism. Right. If that's the case, God's not into this bucket or that bucket or your number of buckets or my buckets. The buckets are all zero except saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, we are all naked and ashamed. So it's it's in him that we find our value. We become children of God. So I also look at this text in Deuteronomy. It's old school text. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. I know in our society, you can pay somebody off and get out of this or that and get this job or that job or get, get, get the the police to turn their head or not turn their head, get the better lawyer. Not the but it, God is seeing it all. We may skirt by in our public society role on these buckets and in these theories, but in the end, we will all stand before God, yeah. and he knows everything in your heart. Yeah. He knows whether you were doing it for the right reason or the wrong reason. Right, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good thing to, to always remember. So so first and foremost, uh, I, I just want you to kind of see this. Critical theory bases our identity. At, this is the theory of it. The theory of it bases our identity as human beings in our race or our gender or our other categories. And I'm saying I'm the sum of those parts. And the sum of those parts is really I'm a child of God. That's the greater sum. Critical theory fails to understand in the Bible. It, it doesn't bring into the fact that in the Bible, we're all equal before God. Right. Created equal, equal value, you know, equally guilty of sin. And I'm not saying, I mean, society may not, secular society, skewed, false Christians may try to put other labels on us. It's always happened. They did, the Pharisees, the Sadducees did it to each other. I mean, their religion's always done that. But, but if you think about this, we're all equally deserving punishment. And the Bible defines sin as anything that violates God's design for people, including the unjust oppression of people. So if we, if we put other people down at our exaltation, God's never for it. No, right. We may get by, and it may even make us impressive to our friends around here, and we may have a societal privileged advantage, 
But in the end, huh, we're going to be outside the kingdom of God looking in, and it's, it's going to look a little different. I believe that. Number two, uh, the second core is um, critical and intersectionality offer a different view of sin, that, sin than Christianity. The Bible defines sin as anything that violates God's design for people. If we do it, don't do it the way God said it, it's sin, including the unjust oppression of other people. So we need to pay, we better, all of us in the church need to pay closer attention to those words, including the unjust oppression of other people. But critical theory identifies sin only as primarily oppression. Right. Okay. So what I'm, what I get concerned about is sin, oppression is sin. Right. Mm -hmm. But it in itself is not what all encompasses sin. As a result, it identifies the Bible practices such as discipleship, correction, this is more modern. This is modern critical theory. It, it, it evaluates Christian discipleship, cr Christian correction, Christian leadership, and the reproof of sin as assertions, as asserting power over people. Right. You're actually oppressing somebody by demanding that they live a biblical way. Parents have to, you know, there's some cultures now, like in Germany right now, where parents have to give their kids allowances. They can't take their phone away. Kids can do anything they want. But you can't in, in Germany. You can't take your children's food. Uh, phone away. You can't take their allowance away and you got to provide your children with, with condoms. I mean, all your children. Well, there's all kinds of things. Where'd you say that was at? In Germany. In Germany. In Germany. Wow. Yeah. You got to give them an allowance. And it has to be a certain amount. It has to be a certain amount. Or they call the popo on you and you come in and you, you, they, they give you a ticket or, or take, take your kids away. They, they've got standards there. You, you don't get choices there in, in, in that society. There are a lot of societies today, our friends that tell us all kinds of stories about that, Daniel and Steffi, but there's all kinds of places where they see what we would discipleship or, or, or raising our children in the way of the Lord or correction or leadership. They would see that as an assertion of power. And there's systems now creating counterbalances to protect oppressed categories and actually making the oppressed categories kind of positive victims. They're victims still, but the victimhood kind of has privileges itself. Victimhood wow. comes with privileges. I want you to think about it. If the speaker is among the oppressors further, it excuses such sin. So if you are, you know, in our, you, know, you can be in a society and go, well, because I am half Japanese, Donna here's got Japanese descent in her blood, well, it allows me to do more wrong, but when I do wrong, it's okay because of my situation than if Beth or I do wrong because you have more, you know, marks. And so the modern theory, this is not where Kimberly was. This is not where it started. The modern theory says the number of marks you have in the bucket just determine your moral absolute authority. And you can have more issues and more things you've chosen. Some you can't get away from, some you can get away from, right? Yeah. All right. And as you get away from those or don't get away from those, the more of those you have, such as sin or jealousy or hatred, all those things are, are envied among the oppressed. You know, and so I just want to say Romans 3.23 tells us, everybody listen to this. Everybody has sinned. Everybody has fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody. All of our stuff stinks. Yeah. Everybody stinks. Acts 3.19 says, everybody's got to repent. Everybody needs to turn to God so that their sins may be blotted out. Ain't nobody born saved. No. So we're all born oppressed with a future of hell if we don't change our hearts and give it back to God. And the first thing that'll keep us on that train to hell is thinking less of our brother and sister than God called us to. And when we think right, times of refreshing come. Let's look at the third one. Here's the third one. Critical theory offers a different view of salvation than Christianity. A different view of salvation. The Bible says we are all equally guilty of sin. Salvation can only be found in Jesus through repentance. We're all guilty and the only hope is Jesus. The Bible says our hope, our hope, redemption is found in being forgiven of our sins, mm -hmm. not in being a counter oppressor, flipping the table over so that maybe I was the oppressed or the privileged and now I become the oppressed and the oppressed become, you just don't, you flip it over. So you flip it over, you know, it, it may feel good in the scheme of getting equal, but then you just start the cycle again mm -hmm. of doing what God told us not to do. Yeah. I believe that with all my heart that what God wants is not us to counter oppress somebody that's hurt us. The Bible tells us to turn the other cheek. 
it is hard to turn the other cheek to some of the things that people do. I'll tell you that. But we, we don't want to counterpress or create moral superiority. But in the humility of our need for God, the, the Bible tells us we're all God's children. That's what Genesis says. Genesis says here that that he created us male and female. We are all created in, in, in let's make human beings in our image. We are all children of God. We were all designed with a purpose. Our, our father before our earthly parents is, is, is the greatest father. And so none of us have a higher legacy than the other. We have the same legacy and the same destiny. And I think what's important to remember is Proverbs says uh, 22, two, I read this often. I read the Proverbs very regularly. The rich and poor have this in common. Lord made them both. The Lord made both, both the rich and the poor. And you can dig into this and I can, I can go deeper into this. I can go a much, much deeper in this thing and, and just tell you, Romans 5, 8 tells us that, that God loves us, that while we were sinners, he died for us. He actually came to rescue all of us that are oppressed. And so the last thing we want to do is get saved and become a Christian and then keep oppressing people thinking we're better than them. Yeah. Gosh, we all came from there. We should be helping. Our job is to be great commissioned and go back and help the Father get other people set free. The Bible, the most known scripture in the world is God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He didn't come to condemn us. He didn't come to bash people. He came that we'd be saved. And we're supposed to be helping in that. I was reading in a text this morning, Acts just Amos 5.12, just out of nowhere. For I know the vast number of your sins. God knows our mess and their depth of our rebellion. You oppress good people by taking bribes and depriving the poor of justice in courts. Boy, that's happening everywhere today in our society. It sure is. It sure is. I mean, you, you, you could add politicians, politics. You know, you can talk about lobbyists. I mean, it's just, I mean, God is watching all that. I know that some people are living high on the hog today, mm. but they're going to be leaving, living deep underground down the road. And, 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 Social programs, social activism may bring a spotlight to it, but it won't solve it. I'm not saying we don't need to speak up and not take a stand. I, I think we do. Right. I just think in the end, the answer is found on our knees, and it's in Christ. So I really believe with all my heart that that's, that's one of the keys. And, and, and you know, if you look and go deeper into this, there's just so, so much you can do with it. So I, I really believe, guys, that, that we, we need to change our heart and minds first. It's a heart and mind thing. You're never going to legislate it. You're never going to regulate it. You're never going to repay it. If somebody's demoralized you and, and destroyed you, I mean, they've even if you've been been raped and abused, if you've been put in bondage and slavery, there's not an amount of money they can pay to re- redeem that. No. You, you might find grace and mercy. You might be finding your heart to forgive somebody eventually, and hopefully you will and find a path, and hopefully somebody will actually ask for that. You, you just can't... You, you cannot pay for what somebody would do to you like that because I would like to think we're all priceless. Yes. And, you know, and so I, I, when Sy says, well, well, we'll pay this and we'll be settled, you can't settle what we've done as a country to people. No. You can't do that. All you can do is say, we need to learn about that and we need to go to a higher path yeah. and we need to repent of our sins and we need to treat our brother and sister differently this time. Yeah. What, how's the phrase go? Uh, learn from the past mistakes so they won't be repeated again. Absolutely. Yeah. to that effect. Yeah. I wish we would learn a little bit. Yeah. It almost feels like, honestly, Ernest, today with, with the, the theory coming up there and people don't want to think for themselves, they're just getting driven by the, the amplified hype. They don't sit down and look and realize we're all God's children, and, and, and they get they get narrow-brained on this. And that. It's almost like that's getting missed, you know, yeah. and getting worked up. Rather than realizing we need to get working together, yeah, and realize that's my brother, my sister. They 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 have different challenges. I got different challenges. We can learn from this critical stuff and this intersectionality stuff. It can be a benefit to us if we if we work through it right. So, but we have to change our heart and minds first. Uh, John John fourteen six said. I think I've got that text here. I don't know if I put it in here or not. I, I was hoping I did. Uh, I may have dropped it somewhere else. John, John 14, 6, you guys know that. said, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by him. I just don't think we can get around this. So for me, guys, as, as we kind of tie up this, and we're going to get into a massive discussion in this next one because we're going to get past the Bible, past this, and really be able to talk about how we can get it into our lives. But critical theory has completely different understanding and the paradigm, I think, of who we are. I think it wants to define us by all those boxes. Some have more, some have less, some have higher ones, some have lower. And I don't know how it comes up with your social score or whatever it does. It, it defines us a different way. It defines who we are and what the problem is and how to fix it differently than I would like to see. The critical 
to me, the critical is good. The opening of our eyes is needed badly today. Yeah. The teaching and the learning of our different cultures and what we've been through and what we've done wrong. So we, as Ernest said, so we can take a different path this time, do something a little better than, than our, our, let's at least make the pain that people went through in the past worth something because we learned from it. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. would be nice to that, wouldn't it? Be? And, 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 the chal- and, and the challenge, make, it's not the critical that bothers me. It's the theory or the solution. Mm-hmm. The theory that we think that a government can fix it, a program can fix it, a few dollars here, a few dollars there can fix it. No, you can't fix the fact that when you don't see me as a child of God, you've robbed me of my most important trait. Yeah. And when you don't see me as an equal, and then I'm a sinner saved by grace like you are, or not saved by grace, that that, that then then you've taken along a lower path. So I, I really want to I want to think about. It. Let me ask you guys a, a bonus question here, and we're, we just got a couple minutes here in this episode here and i'll figure out where we are in a second here we're, we're doing very good but we'll, we'll, we'll get wrapped up with this how do we reclaim our spiritual high ground um how do we reclaim as the church i have to tell you the church and christians being the most segregated hour sometimes in, in america uh, and and the christians how do we christians that have really kind of looked down at other people and we got we got just between catholics and protestants and between evangelical and charismatic and then you get white christians black christians you get other you get you know apostolic and non-apostolic you know there is so much um buckets that you can just put in those categories that it really has violated god's plan and then i think the church not the church of Jesus, but the church, the lower church that we've created in our mind. And Christians have inflicted, honestly, a lot of pain. And that pain has caused the world to not look to the church right now for the solution. It's caused the church to look to a critical theory or other solutions that are non-biblical because they haven't seen a lot of benefit out of the biblical solution. So what do you suggest there? How do we help people realize that the solution to all this is not a secular humanist solution? It's honestly... A spiritual problem, and only Jesus can do it. But but some people right now just don't trust the church. They don't trust Christians. Well, I'll add this. I think it's a little bit controversial because in order for that to happen, you've got to have people in the church call out those other folk in the church more rigorously when they're not doing it. But that also creates a conflict because then you, you, you have people seeming like they're fighting amongst themselves in the church. So it's like... When you have people that aren't doing the right thing and you know that you're one of the people that are, I think it needs to be called out a little bit. Better. I think you can call people out in the church without without embarrassing the entire church. I think you can say, brother, that's just not right. Or this church here, this is not of God. This is not of the apostolic realm. This is not who we are. Right. And whatever you call that, that's not the church of Jesus Christ. I, I can say that. I'll say that in the pulpit all the time. I think more of that needs to happen. I, I think, I think mm-hmm. Matthew 18, 6 is, says we should hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. And if they don't take the accountability, you bring somebody else. If they don't take it, then the Bible says you shut them. Say, hey, you know, go be, go be, quote whatever you call a Christian and then somewhere at what else. Point can that person continue to call themselves a true Christian? They can't because they've not accepted their brother's comments to them. Exactly. And the Bible says put them out. I do think we've let people brand us the wrong way. We, yeah. we we've let people brand us as false Christians, a false church. And as a result, we've left this opening where the world's got to look to other solutions like social uh, programs or, or look to the government or look to new theories because the theory of Jesus just didn't work. And people, we forget that the Sadducees were liberals, the Pharisees were conservatives, and they were destroying the church. And both of them had deals cut with the Romans. And here comes Jesus bringing the church up, the people, the masses, the poor, the lame, talking to people that didn't know nothing, you know, called these disciples, had no degrees, no education. You know, the Pharisees didn't like him because they were too low. Uh, Sadducees didn't like him. They were too high. And everybody hated the man. They killed the man over it. And yet he created a church that was supposed to be something different. And I don't know at all times that we look like the church that Jesus created. Yeah, and I think like modern day religion, there's too much of this involved. Too much money. You know, guys have to have private jets. Too much power. Of Rolls Royces and uh, too many clicks on my podcast. Right. Square foot house. You know. Yeah. We need to take a look around us and pull the whole neighborhood up. We need yeah. to pull the region up. We need to sacrifice a little bit. I, I totally right. agree. Gosh, yeah. what a different world it would be if we all did that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know? think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think. My, my last one. We get out of this. I don't think we have to apologize for people making free will choices that we don't agree with. I don't think we can. That's their free will. Right. Uh, but And I don't think we also have to lower the bar of the Lord in our lives to make everybody else happy with ours. I, I, I don't totally have agree. to say, brother, I, 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 you, you can live that lifestyle, 
or this choice or that choice. As for me and my house, we're going to do this. You, you, go be you. I'll be me. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, I wish you the best. Right. You know, I, you know if you ever want to change, let me know. Yeah. If I ever want to change, I'll know where to find you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I don't think we – I think true or false, don't you guys think we, we need to figure out how to let people be – and we need to be our best witnesses. Maybe people would be better if some of us were a little more authentic. They could see the real church of Jesus come up. Yeah. Jesus had followers because people liked him. Yeah. People like Jesus. They don't like the thing called the church. Yeah, because it's, it's turned into a business. Absolutely. Yeah. I, really totally, I totally I agree. I mean, yeah. you know. Guys, powerful discussion. I, I, I just want, I think we got a good base here of what the, my Christian concerns are. And, and my Christian concerns are very simple that I, I really believe with all my heart that the biggest issue here is that the, the CT intersection offers a different view of humanity. And, and that it doesn't talk about the child of God side. I also think that CT intersectionality does not understand the different view of sin that we have. That sin, we have all sinned. We've all got to deal with ourselves and get out of the way. And and then finally, uh, in the CT view, the third one here. Let me grab the third one. I went right past it. That oh, I, I mentioned that one was on sin too. There's a third one here. Uh, lost the third one here. This is what happens when you produce stuff on the fly here. I'm going to get to it here. The third one in that bunch is right here. It, it offers a different view of salvation. Our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ, not anything the government can do. They can't mandate or fix this any other way. Do you agree, guys? Yes. Totally. All right. Hey, hey, guys, it's been great to have you join us. We're going to be back in an amazing, amazing podcast, episode three, where we're going to cut loose. We're going to get out of these notes a bit. I got a few things to say. We're going to show you some things, and we're going to really talk in this and get deep in it. So you want to make sure you look us up. We do these broadcasts every Tuesday and Thursday. Look for those at our various things. And so we'll be back with our roundtable discussion. Guys, thanks for joining us for this, guys. Thank you, Mother Beth. Donna, thank you. Ernest, fantastic, guys. And you guys can find this podcast at onthedoc.org, and you can email us at info at onthedoc.org. You can reach out to us on our podcast partners at YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and Sermonet. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments on Facebook, Twitter, Telegram, and Instagram. I think I got Twitter right. Telegram, Instagram, yeah, Facebook. And make sure you subscribe, like, hit notify. Give us some comments and get this out. I think this is a great conversation. We'd always love to have you as a partner or sponsor through our Patreon link. You can find that at onthedoc.org or go to Patreon, download the app, and look for On the Dock with Pastor Troy. We'd always also love to have you out at church here, right, honey? Oh, yes. 10 o'clock on Sundays, right? That's right. 6.30 on Wednesdays. Love to have you. If you can't get here, check us out online. We have a virtual campus at COFTV.com. You can find our Facebook uh, page at COF Church Marion and our YouTube page at Community Faith Church. Check us out. We'd love to have you guys. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you guys for all the work you're doing. We'll be back in episode three, and we're going to get into it. You don't want to miss it. Thanks for joining us on the Doc. I'm Pastor.